greater than we can wrap our minds around. It's your breath in our lungs. You've created us, you've given life to us, and it's our delight today to lift up our praise to you. And we pray that, Lord, as we gather in this place, our praise would be honoring to you, it would be glorifying to you. Be pleased with it, with what's in our hearts and with what's on our lips. So, God, we celebrate you today. Great are you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give them a shout, give them a clap. It's great to celebrate who God is. Great to do that together. Why don't you grab a seat? You can grab a seat. Love that song. I love the picture it invites us into, recognizing how great is our God. How great is our God. Well, good morning, and it's, uh, it's great to be with you. If we haven't met, my name's Dean, and part of the team here at True North. If you're new here today, it's so fantastic to have you. And, uh, and you're here on a great day. We're on our, our last week of a series we've been in called Rhythm and Flow. And in lots of ways, what we've been doing is just reflecting on uh, where our lives are taking us. And whether or not, sometimes that's happening unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, but actually all our lives are taking us somewhere. And this idea of rhythm and flow is about stepping back, looking at the rhythm of our life, because that rhythm tends to produce a current that we will end up in. And we, it's good to stop sometimes and say, you know, am I going where I always wanted to go? You know, the whole idea of rhythm and flow is starting with kind of a vision of what you want or desire your life to be like, the habits that support that. And those habits build over time into a rhythm, and that rhythm takes you into a flow. And I love the idea of flow because that's where you get to the space where you're actually kind of living out where, you're, where who you are and what you do is starting to really get in sync. And you're starting to do things that you wanted to do all along, but they're starting to come more effortlessly to you. I love, I'm a big tennis fan. Do we have any tennis fans in the house? Do we have a few around here? There's a few out there. Do we have any Rafael Nadal fans in the house? Give me a vamos if you're a Rafa fan. This is why Rafa doesn't come to the Hotman Cup like that. Right there. That was really sorry. I bet if I said, Roger Federer, it'd probably been like all this love for him. And that's why Rafa doesn't come, people. If you want him to come, show the brother some love. So I, I love watching Rafael Nadal play. He's one of the greatest. He's the greatest tennis player probably of all time. And um, I just, usually people get angry about that anyway. So I don't, who knows? It's all speculation. Clearly, you're not interested in speculating. But anyway... He is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Rafa is famous, though, because he has a lot of habits and routines he goes with. Has anybody ever noticed that about Rafa? Every point, there's a whole bunch of stuff he's doing. He's bouncing the ball. He's got to put the hair back one way, feel there. He picks his shirt, and he does some other picking, which I won't do because it's Sunday morning. Not all of his habits are appropriate for Sunday morning. But he's full of all these little routines he does. And people are always like, what's with that? He turns his water bottles a certain way. He puts his bag down a certain time. He steps. Certain, and people sometimes like, oh, is he just kind of, you know, compelled? And you have this compulsion to do it. Does he, uh, why, why does he do all these things? But he talks about why he does them. And for him, as many athletes do, there's particular routines and habits they adopt that allow them to hit their peak performance. In his book, he talks about one of the things he always does. We don't get to see this one, but before every match he plays, he takes an ice-cold shower. And he says, writing about that in all the routines he does, in his autobiography, he says this. Freezing cold water. I do this before every match. It's the point before the point of no return. 
Under the cold shower, I enter a new space in which I feel my power and resilience grow. I'm a different man when I emerge. I'm activated. I'm in the flow. As sports psychologists describe a state of alert concentration in which the body moves by pure instinct, like a fish in a current. Nothing else exists but the battle ahead. And I am indebted for this routine to Pastor Dean Gretzinger at True North and a great series he wrote called Rhythm and Flow. If it were not for this series, I would not have won any grand slam. Wow, that's amazing. It's really... Anyway, I'm honored to have been mentioned by great Raphael Nadal. But uh, what, what I love about this little snapshot, and I think we sometimes we see this in sports, and, it, and it's sort of like cool. We get it like, oh, in sports, of course, you want to go through certain habits and routines that allow you to achieve peak performance. He's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play a game that has an incredibly high degree of difficulty compounded by incredible pressure. I'll be in front of arenas and on TV and playing the best of the best. And he's going, for me to do that, I need to do the things that will get me into the the, the best state I can to go out and to be able to perform. Not to have to think, but to be able to just do what I'm meant to do. That's what athletes call being in the flow. Now what I love about this idea is that the goal of all these things with rhythm and flow and the habits and routines and rhythms that we will choose and that we sometimes don't choose but that we end up in, but when we actually are intentional and choose them, the goal of all of them is not to have a certain bunch of habits we do that we can tick off on a list somewhere. The goal of all of it is for us to live at our peak, if you will. To actually become the people God intended us to be all along. So that when we're out there in the course and in the, in the day-to-day of life, we might find ourselves acting in the ways we would have wanted to and reacting to the ways we would have wanted to. Life will throw challenges at us. Life will throw battles at us. Life will bring us good moments and challenging moments and everything in between, peaks and mountaintops, valleys and mountaintops we sung about today. Life will throw all these things. And the point, though, of beginning to cultivate a rhythm where you walk with Christ is so that you can become the person you were always meant to be and so that you are able to navigate these experiences the way that God would dream for you to. What we're going to talk about today as we finish this series is, I guess, a final encouragement of just this is what it's all about. And if you've missed some of the series, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Rafa said it made a big difference in his life. But, <laughs> but if we actually lean into this, this is what can be possible. We can become different kinds of people. You know, I love, I want to finish with the, this series, looking at a word, it's an exhortation, it's an encouragement, it's a final uh, word in the book of Hebrews when he gets to the end, of, when the writer gets to the end of the book of Hebrews, he's giving these exhortations, it's like encouragement, like come on, here's where to go with all this. Uh, and, and this is one of those encouragements in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Writes, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Consider the outcome. Let me hear you say outcome. We want to consider the outcome. I love this passage. It says consider the outcome of their way of life 
and imitate their faith. There's this great little picture here where it's saying, remember your leaders. Remember, another word for leader here is guide. Remember the people that you kind of look to that were helping speak the word of God. You people who were a little further down the track who were speaking into your life. Remember them. Remember their way of life. Remember what the outcome of that way of life is. I love this little snapshot because it reminds us that it's a good thing to find people in your life who are a little further down the track and to look at how they've lived and to watch what has been the outcome of that way of life. You know, that, that I encourage you one of the best ways if you're trying to create a new rhythm and, and, and create a new flow or start new habits or look at how does this, one of the best things you can do is find people you see a little further down the track. And if you're trying to create or cultivate a, a habit of what does it look like to get alone with God, ask someone, what does that look like for you? What have you learned? What have you found helpful? And, where, and imitate the things that you find helpful. We all learn and grow when we find people who've been a little bit further. And when we are humble enough to say, can I learn from you, then we are able to take on great learning and grow in what we're doing. We're a gift to one another. If you've been at our, our four-week focus, that's one of the things we try to do around the table is say, you know, ask one another. What's your experience? Let's learn from one another. But today I want us to focus not so much on this idea of finding those leaders or guides in your life, but in particular what it has to say about this idea of considering their way of life and the outcome of their way of life. Do you know one of the things I'm convinced of is we don't give enough thought at times to the outcome of our way of life. I see too many people who think about faith and life just as a series of kind of rules or things to do instead of thinking through the lens of what will be the outcome of my way of life. Outcome always calls us to stop from where we are right now and not to look just at what we're doing but to lift our eyes up and think about if I continue doing this, where will I end up? And the idea of rhythm and flow is going, there is a rhythm to your life whether you like it or not. Whether you chose it or not, what will be the outcome of that way of life? You know, I remember several years ago now, I think it was probably, probably 12 odd years ago. We've been in Australia a couple of years. When I first moved to Australia, one of the things I wanted to learn how to do, because I thought I may be here one year, I don't know, but I want to learn to surf while I live in Australia. If I live this close to the beach, I can't imagine living that close and not trying to learn how to surf. So the first couple of years I was here, and for a little while I was trying to learn how to surf, and I enjoyed it. I didn't say I got good at it, but I enjoyed it, and I loved it. And one particular uh, uh, I was doing youth ministry at the time, and there was a young man who didn't want to go on leavers, and his parents asked if I'd be willing to take him uh, down south to Margaret River for a, a few days just on a surf trip. And I was like, here I am, Lord, send me. That's fine. I'll go. Uh, I'm willing. I've always been sacrificial in nature. And so I was up for that. And I can go. I can go. And um, so it was, we had a great time together. And uh, and, and we would just go and surf all day, different places. I remember one day we were at uh, some particular break, but we were out there and, and you know, I was having to go and crashing and, and crashing and crashing and, and back out and crashing. And the thing that I always did find about surfing is like, you know, the water is always pushing you in and it's fun on the way in, but the way out is not really that as much fun for me. And I didn't, you know, I was just trying to get the hang of that. And so I was going out and eventually it's happened so many times, I was just worn out. So I was worn out and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get behind the break and I went back there, and the water was clear and beautiful. It looked like still, like in that photo. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to chill right here. I'm just going to stay still for a little bit. 
And so I was sitting there and I was relaxing and the water was like crystal clear and I was just looking at all the waves crashing up there and guys started getting on and they were sitting there. I'm like, I'm just going to stay back a little bit and just relax, let my whole body kind of just rest. And I was just enjoying it and I was looking at the water. It was beautiful. And occasionally, I'd of course think I was about to get eaten by a shark only to realize it was my shadow. And then <laughs> in between those moments, I'd go back to being at peace and joy and just loving the beauty of the water. I was like, I'm practicing in the Garden of Eden. This is great. I'm just, just and, and I, was, I was like, you know what? I'm so enjoying this. I'm just going to lay down on my board for a little bit. And I laid down on the board, and I just kind of was like watching, like this is maybe the most incredible thing uh, ever. I'm just loving it. Now, I don't know how much time went by, but eventually I looked, and I was like, hey, those guys I used to be with, um, like, did they shrink? Or, like, I am... I'm really far away right now. Like, I'm actually, like, they, I was just, like, how, it's like, I think I'm so far, I might just go ahead and paddle my way back to Lake Erie and <laughs> see if that works. Um, so I'm looking, I realize I've gone a lot farther than I realized, and I started trying to paddle them. I'm like, I better get back in there. So I start paddling and paddling, only I realize I'm just getting farther and farther and farther away. And it was at that moment I kind of looked and started thinking, what is going on? I am nowhere close to where I wanted to be. I start to realize, like, I'm way further, I'm way farther, I'm all these things. And I look onto the shoreline, and there was a guy way out in the distance about that big, and uh and he had obviously seen what was happening. I could see he started going like this because he saw what was happening. And it was in that moment I realized, I knew, yeah, I was still kind of, but I, oh, I'm in a rip and I need to go. I don't try and go in, go, you know, parallel to the beach. And I started paddling and paddling and eventually, of course, I drifted actually out to sea. I never made my way back. It was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a sad story, that one, to be honest. I love that guy. But anyway. Eventually, of course, I made my way back in, but here's what I think. You know, I think kind of God's truth is written all over the world around us. And I think one of the truths that we sometimes miss is that you cannot stay still in life. You will always be pushed somewhere. And what I think we too often don't realize this is life kind of we're going along. And sometimes like we're going along and to be honest, it's just enjoyable. It's just good. There's not a lot of work. It's kind of nice. Seems great in the moment. But we don't realize we're actually caught in the pull of something and we've not given any thought to what the outcome will be of just continuing to drift along. You know, there's a big difference between getting in the flow and the life you're intended to versus drifting in life. And I think too often we're just drifting through life. And it's so maybe enjoyable at times we never stop to ask ourselves, what is the outcome of what I'm doing? You know, outcomes are such a big deal because you know what an outcome is? An outcome is just the kind of uh, lagging measure of your way of life. Hebrews says, consider your leaders. Consider their, the outcome of their way of life. Your way of life has an outcome, but you don't see the outcome until you've been going a certain way for a long time. That's why it's helpful to look at people who are further down the track and further down the journey because you can see they've been traveling this journey for a while. Where has that led them? What has it produced in them? What kind of person did they become? Your outcome is just a lagging measure of, of what your habits are. When you look at the outcome of, of what your finances look like, 
that will be a lagging measure of your financial habits. When you look at your health and your fitness, it is a lagging measure of a series of habits over time. All kinds of things in our life, you got to go, this is just a, a, over time, this is the outcome of a certain series of habits and actions in rhythm. You know, I love what he says, consider, consider the outcome of their way of life. And he has in mind here people whose way of life was to walk with Christ. And look at, look at what the outcome was. He's going, there are some, he, he, he's writing to people who were about to experience some very difficult things. They were in the midst of experiencing difficult things. And he's like, you know what, but you've seen it. There's some people who've walked with Christ a certain way and over time, and it's produced in them this different kind of character in who they are. You know, our way of life, our way of life, this is the, what the core of what the Bible calls discipleship is all about. As we think discipleship is about learning things, discipleship is about a way of life. And here he says, consider their way of life. There's a certain way they, they, they spent their days. There's a certain way they spent their hours. There's a certain way that they engaged with God. There's certain things that they did, and, and they did them as habits and routine, and over time it all produced a certain kind of life. What's your way of life? You know, the, 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 the great challenge, I think, for so many of us is to keep an eye on these two things. There's an outcome I know I want. And is my way of life taking me there? Your way of life, that's what we're talking about with rhythm. What are the ways you routinely, I love this quote by a writer named Annie Dillard. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So sometimes it's easy to go, uh, I know this is the outcome I want out there, but then I live my life in my day-to-day, and we don't pay enough attention to the way we live day-to-day. But our lives will end up being kind of the sum total of how we spent our days. You know, the, the, the challenge for us is to go, here's the outcome that I'm after. Kind of keep your eyes glanced there, but then to pay close attention to the way of life. Is how I'm living today moving me towards that? Because if today is not moving me towards that, tomorrow is probably not going to either. Or the dream that someday, 20 years from now, I'll do something that will move me there. Our lives move. Daily. They move at a pace. And what we're invited to do is to learn, and this is where our series began, to walk with Christ, to get in step with Christ, to find a way of life where we are gradually learning how to live and how to be conformed to the image of Christ so that we can get in the flow and actually live our lives as Christ would if he were us. That's what it starts to look like. You know, I want to give you one snapshot of this that I see in the scriptures that I think is so kind of helpful. Because I think here's one of the things. Sometimes when we think about outcomes, we might think about, okay, what do I want to achieve with my life? Like, where do I want to finish? You know, what, what are the, what are kind of the, maybe the jobs or positions I want to hold or the, you know, the, the certain like milestones I want to achieve. We can think often about outcomes in terms of like what we do, but the great outcome that's being talked about here and the outcome that Jesus has for your life is not about what you do. It's far more about who you become. It's about, do you become the person that God always dreamed you could be? 
When you become that person, you don't have to make choices in the moment about will I do this or do that. Once you become that person, you get to live from who you are. Now you're really getting in the flow of what God wanted for us. You know, I think so often one of the pictures I keep in mind of this in the scriptures is this guy Simon who became Peter. Now think about his story for a moment if you're familiar with it. If you're unfamiliar with it, you've got this guy Simon. He was a fisherman. That was his trade. It's what he did. And then he kind of came across this new teacher, Jesus, who came along and was starting to attract a bit of a following. In fact, one of the early times Jesus was speaking and crowds, so much crowds were gathering around him and he was down near the the shores of Galilee and he needed a boat to get into so he could just get a little bit of space away from the crowd. And he says to Simon, could I just hop in your boat for a minute? So I was like, cool. And so he gets in the boat and he's standing there and now he's teaching all these crowds. And Jesus would invite Simon, hey, why don't you come follow me? Why don't you come walk with me? Why don't you come learn from me how to live? And Simon gives up his fishing and he follows him everywhere. And imagine what his life looked like for the next three years roughly. He'd travel with him all around. He'd walk dusty roads with him. He'd be there when there were crowds of thousands in the hills. He'd be there when they multiplied some bread and some fish, just one boy's lunch into feeding thousands. He'd be there when he'd see Jesus raise a widow's son from the dead. He'd be there when they'd eat in the homes of the elite of the elite and in the forgotten of the forgotten. He was there for it all. He'd have these moments of crystal clarity where he's like, Jesus, you're the Christ, and he's the first person to get it. And then he'd have the moments where he just seemed to do a total get it wrong the next minute and have Jesus saying to him, hey, get behind me, Satan. And it was in the middle of those two things that Jesus said to him, you are... Simon, but you, I'm going to call you, you're going to be Peter. That's who you're going to be. Your name is Simon, but you'll be Peter. And Peter wasn't a common name back then. He literally just said, you're going to be rock. Imagine, you know, he literally is like going, hey, I'm going to call you Rocky. That's who you're going to become. It's really the picture it is. He's like, you are going to be a rock. And on you, I'm going to build my church on your Confession of faith on what you get. And it's only then that next moment Jesus saying, get by me, Satan. And, and his life would look like this. He'd walk with Jesus. He was there for the peaks. He's there for the valleys, mountaintops, valleys, whatever. He was there. He walked on the water and then he fell in the waves. He was there for it all. And he was boldly proclaiming and letting Jesus know, no matter what, I will always be there. I would never deny you or walk away from y'all, be there till the end. And then he finds himself, Jesus arrested in the famous scene. We've all know so well of him in the garden and a servant girl saying, hey, do you know Jesus? And here's our rock going, no, no, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him three times. And then after the resurrection, and here he is, he's gone back, he's fishing, he's on the water again. He sees Jesus on the shoreline and he jumps out and swims to him. Goes for a walk on the beach with him. Knows what it's like to talk with Jesus when he's completely messed up. And have Jesus say to him, hey, do you love me? Yeah, you know I do. Then feed my sheep. Has this conversation three times. Jesus saying to him, do you love me? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Do you love me? Yeah, okay, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Okay, then feed my sheep. Jesus tells him that day as well, 
Do you know what? Someday people are going to dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And he lets him know you're going to end up dying just as I have. In that moment, Simon says, hey, what about that guy? What's going to happen to him? And Jesus says, don't you worry about that. Don't worry about him. Just worry about you and who you're becoming. Now, here's what I love about all that, what happens in the days to come. He becomes this bold person proclaiming the gospel, telling the stories. You see him beginning to go everywhere. He's known only a, a short while later for his boldness. And in fact, some people who are, see his boldness say, you know what they note about him was this guy had been with Jesus. And they realized Simon has become Peter. He's become a rock. Years later, he writes this letter. I want to read you just a short snippet. Be reminded this is a guy who at one point felt the fear you know, kind of overtake him when it came to this moment with the servant girls in the courtyard. And here he is writing to some believers in Christ. And, and he's telling them about Jesus and encouraging them and exhorting them. He says, so I will always remind you of these things even though you know them. And you're firmly established in the truth you now have. He's celebrating with them. And I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside. As our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Now, why I, I love this little snapshot, because this is just him in the flow. This is just him writing a letter. This is just him not thinking about what am I supposed to do here. This is him just going, you know who I am now? I'm someone who knows I'm going to put my body aside soon. And I ain't even worried about it. I'm at peace. I know what my life is about. My life is about, Jesus said, feed my sheep. My life is about, I am going to make sure you know the truth. I'm going to feed his sheep. I'm going to put this body aside. It's just a tent. I'm not even worried about it. Just think about this. Simon became the rock. The one who loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And who fulfilled his calling to Feed his sheep. There is nothing greater that any of us can experience in life than to know I became who I was supposed to become. There's a you that you're supposed to become. There's a you that God had in mind when he made you. There's a you that he speaks to you and says, you are here, but this is who you really are. And all of this idea of what does the rhythm of our life look like? What are the habits and the flow. It is all about this one thing. Can we walk with Jesus long enough? Can we walk with him closely enough to become who we were always meant to become? That's what it's about. We don't put habits and things into our life so that we can kind of tick a box and go, yep, that's great. And yep, look, I did it today. We do it because we want to create space to walk with Jesus. To walk with him long enough that we become who we were always meant to become. What a picture. What an invitation. This is what he'd say to every one of us. You know, and as we kind of wrap this series up, and I encourage you, you know, one of the things I said at the beginning, this isn't a, you know, what we're looking at here. This isn't something that you can kind of go, yep, I learned it and I got it on a Sunday. This is about how do you create a life where you are continually creating the space for Jesus to do his work. 
You create the space, you know, we've talked about, what's it like when you create space in the morning to meet with him? You create that so that throughout your day you can stay connected to him enough to allow him to speak and shape. You have the mountaintops so you're ready for the valleys. You have all of this different rhythm to your life so that you can walk with him and become who you were always meant to become. Life will throw different things at us all as it did for Peter and others, but the, the thing to remember, the outcome he's after is who we become. You know, I'm going to invite the team to come back up here. And this is, you know, just as Hebrews finishes with this kind of uh, word of encouragement, of exhortation, it's called. You can, you can feel it in the writer if you read through Hebrews 13. He's just like, come on. And he's saying to him, you know, remember your leaders. Remember those guides. Consider the outcome of their way of life. There's a certain way of life to enter into. Consider the outcome of that. Consider what you're actually after. My encouragement my say is like you know don't let this be another year you drift along don't let it be a year where just kind of your your rhythms and the habits just become whatever they were going to be let it be a what if you just i think every year represents like another moment to dig deeper into what it looks like to walk with christ and what if this year you said no i'm going to make sure i'm going to make sure I know a lot of people who've been creating new habits and creating new rhythms all through this and starting and telling me what they're trying and doing. And my encouragement is just, yes, keep going. Consider the outcome. Think about your way of life. And this is a, a last picture I want to leave with you. And it's the picture of if, you, if you're a person, you know, you start out on this and you're, you're wanting to kind of create that space and you're choosing new habits and rhythms all because you're like yes I know I want to become who I'm meant to become and this is the picture it's a picture of bamboo do you know what the the unique thing about bamboo is what it's known for anybody it's growth what about its growth fast growth fastest growing plant it's been known to grow as much as you know, three, four centimeters in a, in a day I saw once. Or, you know, actually one species is supposed to be able to grow three meters in a day. It, it's got this extraordinary growth potential. And, and so, you know, there's times you can watch a centimeter in an hour. And it's a fascinating thing. And it's known for growing so fast. But what's always not realized at times is because it grows tall quickly. In fact, all its growth tends to happen in about a 30 to 60 day span in the spring. But what's not seen is it's usually growing the same, but underground and it grows horizontally. And the interesting thing about it is it can often take some species up to three years before you see that rapid growth that goes upwards. And we all love the growth that comes when it's visible and we love it there, but you know, the reason I wanted to finish with this picture is because as you set out and if you try new rhythms and you try new habits, I guarantee you this, there will be days you wonder, is anything happening? There'll be days when you're like Peter and you feel like, missed it again. But you know what, some bamboo, it takes three years till it shoots up. And I think about Peter and I think about his three years. And all of a sudden it seemed like he became bold and all of a sudden he became the rock and all of a sudden, but there was so much that went into that three years of walking with Christ. And what if we saw every year as a chance? You know what? It's not about am I growing up, I'm growing, I'm growing.
growing with him. And I guarantee you walk with him and you keep that growth going. You will see, you will see growth. And it may look to somebody else like, boy, that happened fast, but they won't know. It was the fruit of a life of walking with Christ. You know, I wanna invite you to stand and as we come into this uh, song in a moment, singing about new wine, singing about you know, growth, singing about what it's like to surrender to God, to allow him to form you and shape you. It all begins with the choice to just say, you know what, Simon had to be willing to say, I'm willing to become the rock. I'm willing to let you do the work it's gonna take for me to become who I was always meant to become. It always starts with an act of surrender. Okay, Lord, I'm up for it. And I wanna just pray for you as you set out, I hope, on something of a fresh leg of the journey. In fact, would you just bow your heads right where you are, create a moment of space. I hope one of the habits and rhythms you'll create is, you know, when we gather, we don't just come to be physically present, but it's a moment to engage with what God's doing in our hearts. And if this morning you say, you know what, this year, I know, I just, I know this, this is for me. I don't want to drift this year. I want to, I want to, be intentional about the person I'm becoming, about the habits and rhythms I'm stepping into. I just want to pray for you and pray that God will work abundantly beyond what you can imagine in your life. If you're trying to create a habit in the morning, I just want to pray that you, God will be shifting you, uh, things in your heart there. If you're trying to create new times where you're engaging the scriptures, if you're just like, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but I know I want to do something, oh, I want to pray for you this morning. I wanna encourage you just to declare in your own heart before him right now, here I am, Lord, I wanna walk with you in a fresh way this year. I wanna walk with you. I wanna be connected to you. Just declare it in the quiet of your own heart to If that's you, I wanna encourage you just to raise your hand so I can pray especially for you. And there's something about doing something physically to reflect what's happening on the inside. Just hold a hand up. It's just saying, Lord, I'm at least gonna do this. I know I want it. I may not know everything, but I know I want it. And I wanna pray for you, Lord. I just ask right now that in the power of your Holy Spirit, every person stretching out a hand to you saying, Lord, I submit, I surrender. I wanna walk with you in fresh ways. I pray that your spirit will be powerfully at work. Help them to see the, the unseen rhythms and habits. Help them to see the unseen drifts, Lord, and lead them in the ways they are gonna take them the green pastures you have for them. Lord, I pray that as they meet with you, as they create space to get into your presence, I pray that in those spaces, transformation would occur. Lord, though at times they can't even perceive it, I pray you'd grant them the endurance to keep on going. I pray they'd experience what it looks like to abide in Christ, to be just connected to you and to allow your life to slowly but surely be transforming them, bringing new fruit, new wine out of their lives. I pray, Lord God, most of all, that they would become the people you have always intended them to become as they surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to sing, but please don't just sing. Make it a prayer. Make it a prayer to just say to God, you know what, here I am. What you want to bring out of me, bring out of me.